Welcome to Pablo Torre Finds Out. I am Pablo Torre, and today we're going to find out what this sound is. Yeah, it was, you know what the thing is about the poop? It, like, you would think it's all hard, but it's like, it's kind of like a souffle. Mm. Or a creme brulee. Yes. It's like yes, a yes, hard yes. crust. <laughs> <laughs> and once you, you scoop with through, a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, once the toilet filled, they were like, oh, we're going to poop somewhere else. So there was a bathtub. Right after this ad. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Three, two, one. That's a guy who just hosted The Daily Show. That's a clap. Professional-ass clap. clap. Listen, I've done the clap so many times. (laughs) (laughs) I've done the clap. I've given the clap. That's right. (laughs) And that's why I brought you here today. Mm -mm. I have some medical records. Yes, I mean, listen, uh, if you're trying to reach me, uh, please reach my lawyers, Christina Bezdi, (laughs) because I don't deal with that anymore. Um, I want to explain how it is that... um, I, I I persuaded you, begged, demanded you here. Yes. Um, I saw you in the street. Literally. Like, I had just landed. I'm just walking, you know, just getting brunch with a friend. And I'm taking a photo because, you know, I'm a thought. And <laughs> Your arms were literally out. My arms were out. And, I, like, I just see Pablo on the corner. And I'm like, my guy Pablo... And it, it really felt like a Sex in the City moment, like the whole running into a friend in New York City. But that's something, you know, I was out in L.A. for a little bit and being back in New York, like that's something I missed. That idea of just running into people all the time because even before I was on TV, I'd always run into friends yes. no matter where I went. The beauty of New York is that I feel magnetically orbiting yeah. um, the people that I love. Yes, it also felt like there was a call sheet earlier in the morning. We went through hair and makeup, and we definitely set the seat up. We both looked We have marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to paint my perspective on this because my my point of view, I was wearing sunglasses. I literally did the thing where I, like, stared at you through my sunglasses, like, dropped them down on the bridge of my nose, like, did a double take. It felt like an 80s movie. It felt like an 80s movie. I felt like I was maybe hallucinating you. Yes, and then it's just like to run into a main character. That's like, right. Not, a, not, not, not one of those NPCs in my life, but one somebody who will be in the main credits. Okay, so I've been waiting to do a couple of things here. Um, number one, I've been waiting to invoke the Pablo Explains dot 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 RPG menu, which you can see on YouTube and the DraftKings Network, as always. Um, off of an actual reference to RPG terminology. And yeah, non-player characters, as Jesus just referenced. But number two, I have been waiting for my old friend, Jesus Nice, to continue this procession of New York City main characters through the Pablo Torre Finds Out studio. Because Jesus, you should know, is the former co-host of Jesus and Mero on Showtime, which we will get into. He also just hosted The Daily Show last month, which was a huge deal. He also, more than anything, is someone whose previous jobs, his list of jobs before all that, before he got famous, it's been an object of personal fascination for me ever since I've known him. We'll get into that also. Not least because the story of Jesus is also the story of our home, New York City. The place to which he just recently returned. 
And so I'm just sitting there at brunch, and I'm just like, this city is amazing. <laughs> like, I'm sorry if I sound like someone who just listened to Empire State of Mind, but I am back in love with this city. I'm seeing rats. I'm yes. kissing Eric Adams. <laughs> I'm doing everything, baby. I'm, I, I might go to the circle line after this. What's, what's L.A. Jesus like? L.A. Jesus is... Every time I talk to you, I have to remind you I'm from New York. So no matter what we're talking about, like you could be like, my grandmother died. I was like, you know who else died? Statue of Liberty in New York. There's a statue for her. She did more than your grandma. It's that kind of stuff. Like I just interjecting everything. And then even worse, uh, shout out to 33 Taps in Silver Lake. It's a bar that I took over. It was like during the playoffs for the Knicks. And um, there's one guy with a Knicks shirt and he's watching it. And I was like, yo... You're from New York. He's like, yeah, me and a couple of Knicks fans, we always watch Knicks games here. I say, say less. I tweeted about it. Next game is like 10 people. Next game is like 20. By the final game, we had 60 people in that bar. Yo. All Knicks fans. Let's go, Knicks! Let's go, you formed a sleeper cell of Knicks fans That's right. in Silver Lake? Listen, they have babies. Radicalizing people? They have babies and Knicks uh, jumpers. They had dogs. Like, and everyone was so upset. All the L.A. people was like, I hate this. New Yorkers, are like, they're coming from everywhere. We're talking about like Hoboken and the Metro North and just, just doing nasty New York stuff. <laughs> it felt like you were at Master Square Garden. Like us watching the games, you know, the Knicks didn't win the playoffs. But, you know, it was good to watch them go through the playoffs together. Opting in to uh, the misery of being a Knicks fan and then exporting that is, is, is sociopathic. It's sociopathic, but it's also very New York. It is. It's like, hey. In all of those ways. Self-loathing, but also like unabashed. Um, and again, you, you, we both know this. Immigrant parent love. Yes. We are furious at our Hard child, love. but we know how to get the best from them. Yes. Yes. It's like harsh love. It's like you have to earn a hug. And that's, that's right. what we're getting with the Knicks. <laughs> Actually, you know what? We're I'm, waiting for them to hug us back. One day. One day. Maybe on the deathbed. But you're going to get it. <laughs> Hopefully. A, a single tear will roll down uh, Jim Dolan's cheek. <sighs> Man, the thing about New York, we... The seasons. The seasons. The Seasons, the man. Seasons. Have you, Don't have take you them missed for those seasons? Have you missed them? Being out there, the weather's always perfect. When it gets warm in New York, you earned it, but we are so grateful for warmth. Our idea of like a good if this is like 60, we lose it. 60 is 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 60. You're showing, you're showing your thighs. Sun tanning your asshole on Central Park. So it was rocks. Like, and then it's like 90 every day in LA, and that's like not a big deal. <laughs> it's funny, like it just got cold. I'm wearing like a, a heavy sweater today. Yes. And I'm already looking forward to that first day when it gets warm again. Well, you know what? I'm the opposite because now that it's getting cold, it's time to start dressing, dressing. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, that's another bad thing about LA. I became a thrift guy. Oh, my God. I, I, want, I just want our podcast audience that may be watching on YouTube or the DraftKings Network, go to those platforms to see the arm motion that Jesus had to deliver when he said thrift guy. Thrift it was... Guy. It was a That's full, me hoarding the clothes. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Running around body. a factory with mad hangers and stuff. Yes, just like hands like claws that were also scare quotes, yes. self-conscious about what it means to thrift. But it's it's a game changer because like, I'm like, why am I paying? I'm buying brand new you sweaters. You got richer and you began shopping poorer. Is it not an immigrant parent's dream? No doubt. There you go. Hand-me-downs. <laughs> we back, baby. Back. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I do want to talk about like the sliding doors of your life, right? Yeah. And I want to actually, let's, let's just start with the fact that I think we've known each other. It's almost, almost 10 years, which is wow, crazy. Yes. But like Jesus and Mero, of course, I was a guest on your show in 2016. Yeah, oh, I, have a I have a question for you guys. So I'm sure you guys living in New York have, mm-hmm. as I have, mm-hmm. had both cockroaches show up in your apartment mm-hmm. and possibly mice show up in your apartment. Yeah, right. I've had both. You guys have had both. What is more difficult to exterminate? Roaches. For you, um, like I'm talking about, you know, you're physically having to oh, do that. Oh, the physical? Oh, like killing it itself? No, it's all day, baby. I'm from New York. You both can catch it. Yeah. Eric Rideholm, who produced Shout to Eric the yeah, God. Yeah, man, Around the Horn, PTI, yeah. all of that stuff, highly questionable, um, was making your show with you at Viceland. Mm, Viceland, and wow, throwback. Can you just explain what that office was like? In like, this is 2015, so you're already like cracking up, but like, it was an abs- it's unbelievable. What that workplace was like. I was creeping around yeah. just like in the entourage. There was no, like, we didn't have an office. I had a desk. I just had a regular ass desk next to a girl who worked the social media for Vice. And like, we'd be super loud making the show, and everyone else was just like working. And then we'd go into the conference room, which had a bear yep. and flies. Yep. And we'd record the show four times a week. It was chaotic. It was. Bare bones. It was a lot of fun. And it was like, we were learning to do TV. Yes. And so was Vice. But the idea of, here you were in an open concept, like, parody of a Brooklyn office. Like, this was the archetype for what people imagined when they were like, I wonder what Vice is like. It's kind of exactly what you imagined. Exactly. It was just, just like rolling blunts. Yes. And I remember, like, we would go into the garden and smoke weed. Didn't and then, you guys get banned? Yes. There was an email that came from Vice. <laughs> and it was just like, the Jesus and Miro team are smoking weed in the garden. How to proceed? Yes. Yeah, I just see it got forwarded, 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 forwarded <laughs> to got to like the top person. They were like, "I'll handle it." And basically, we got banned from smoking weed in the building. It was like an email from Willy Wonka saying, "You can't eat chocolate. No here. more chocolate." Yeah. So we just like whatever. And also, we went. I remember. I remember after the ban, we ended up you, me, and Miro ended up just smoking in a stairwell. Yes. And we didn't realize the stairwell led directly to the lobby. Mm. And so the lobby just reeked the weed. Everyone was like, <laughs> there aren't the number one rated show on our channel. What are we going to do? Absolutely. So, so shout out to the uh, receptionist at Vice. Sorry for making your life hell. Yeah, apologies. Um, but for me, what I, what I think about um, still is just like, okay, that was the most absurd workplace I think I've ever encountered. Yeah. But I want to know about the workplaces you had before then. Mm. You wound up on a path that led there to Showtime to what we're going to get to next, which is great. But where you came from, for people who don't know, this is why you're a legend. I've had so many jobs. I've lived so many lives. I've been a strip club manager. 
I've been a programmer for the New York Public Library. I used to do uh, <laughs> credit card processing for porn sites. Shout out to CC Bill. I used to buy and sell domain names internationally. I used to pick up dead rats from an auto mechanic shop. I've done it all. I used to be a late night TV host. Like, <laughs> like my LinkedIn would be wild if I could remember the password. The number of rec- of endorsements you would have, the character list would be everything endorsed by the mafia, and I know PHP. You know, we're just <laughs> all over the map. But I want to I want to talk about each of those stops a little bit because each one of those stops is its own sitcom. Yeah. So, like, your first job was what? My first job, I was worked with my uncle, and we rebuilt a crack house. So, it, like, they, my uncle purchased the house. It was a <laughs> three-family house in the Northeast Bronx. And it was, like, it was a crack house. Like, literally, crackheads had been in there smoking crack. And so that means, like, the insides were—everything had to be gutted. Like, for example, they still use the bathroom. There was no water. You see where I'm getting at here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was my job to <laughs> scoop everything out of the toilet Yo. and put it in the dumpster in the front. So I was doing all this. I was clearly, I had to be like 12. Clear violations of labor laws. <laughs> On every level. But immigrant parents don't care about that. Not at all. And did I get paid? No. And, but it was like cool because I got to like destroy all the walls in the basement with a sledgehammer. So this was like a rage room for yes. you before they were rage room. Yeah, it was a rage room because like I was upset because I was 12 and I had a job. <laughs> all my other friends are running around playing basketball. I've like got a hard hat. I'm getting on the bus at ADL. Like I imagine as a, as a matter of general assumption that like the poop you were scooping out also wasn't like, it was probably, uh, uh, as poop goes, I imagine the people there were not exactly like having a lot of fiber in their diet. Yeah, it was, you know what the thing is about the poop? It like you would think it's all hard, but it's like it's kind of like a souffle mm. or a creme brulee. Yes, it's yes, like a yes, hard yes. crust. <laughs> and once you, you scoop through, spoon. yeah. <laughs> and then also, once the toilet filled, they were like, "Oh, we're gonna poop somewhere else." So there was a bathtub. Oh no, full of poop. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I had the shovel, and you do the um, what is it? The Vicks Vapor Rub over your nose. That's and then you put the mask savvy. on and know that. Also, we were listening to CBS FM the whole time. <laughs> so I'm doing all this to like Frankie Billy, Valley, Billy Joel. <laughs> like walk like a man. Talk. I'm like I'm 12. I'm like 12. I'm like go play basketball, please. Oh They're like no, God. no, no. They're like go break down those uh, two by fours over there. <laughs> And as you're doing this, what part of you is 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 dreaming of something else? Or were you not even like as because in, in the musical version, let's make this Jersey Boys now, right. or, or in this case Bronx Boys. I right. So so as this is happening, are you already like, is this are, are you pining for something greater or no? What's your mentality no, as this is happening? I'm just, that's one thing about my life. I've always just kind of gone with the flow, which has always led me to a new job. Okay, so what what's the next job? Probably. The rat thing, picking up the dead rats. So this That's, is this is rats in New York. Yeah, we, that was respect respect the institution. Listen, they of rats. You have to respect rats. They have as much rights to exist in New York City as the rest of us. You see a rat and you don't know if he's just going to work. Like you see the pizza rat videos on Twitter and you're like, oh, that's cute. And it's like, no, respect his privacy. Absolutely. Did you ask for his consent to record this? No. Yeah. Where's that release? Listen, shout out to all my WGA rat members. <laughs> 
One day longer, literally, one day stronger. Literally putting inflatable rats outside of places that don't respect unions. That's you know what? Do people do that elsewhere? I don't think so. Because New York, growing up, I was like, why is there a giant inflatable horrifying rat? Because those people inside don't respect uh, organized labor. Also, is there one company that provides the rat? It's a great question. Because like, I could go get a rat too. I could run them out of business. Like, <laughs> I, I need a new job, so <laughs> coming for you, rat guy. My favorite thing about rats in New York is that there are some rats in New York in the subterranean levels that have never even seen people. Wow. And, of course, like, there, there will be a day when they will, and I, I don't like our chances. Okay, that's terrifying. That's why I'm glad when it floods, because I'm like, they probably die. So, <laughs> <laughs> you rats. But, no, the other day when, remember, there was, like, a torrential downpour here in New York, and everything flooded, the subways flooded. Yes. Did the rats, because they, like, they always say animals kind of know when stuff is going to happen. Did the rats escape? Or are the rats, like, sleeping in the subway tunnels? Like, oh, shit. They were ready. They've been ready. Yeah. They've been ready for generations. Shout out to Master Splinter. Absolutely. Because he raised turtles. I mean, is there any more New York metaphor than that? My question is, how did they get the pizza delivered? You got to tip at least 50 if they're coming down into a manhole. I Ayo, believe... manhole, but, you know. I... I... <laughs> Are we, are we, are we, we have to rename manholes now? Them holes? Them holes. Them holes. Them holes. That, yep. even, that sounds holes. even dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, that sounds like a club that, yo, things is happening at. That sounds like a club that you worked as a bouncer at. Yeah, or like a club that Eric Adams was at last night. I mean, okay, before we get into Eric Adams, which I, I You can't. have to cover him. You have to. Okay, so I feel like I also have to give you a really quick Eric Adams explainer here, especially if you're not from New York. Because outside of regularly wearing crystals, energy stone bracelets, which Eric Adams does because he believes there's a special energy emanating from the physical bedrock of the city, the mayor also just had his cell phones seized by the FBI last week. Remember, the mayor is also a former police captain, and this was all part of a federal investigation into campaign fundraising, potentially involving the Turkish government. But that's not even why Jesus and I are discussing him here. It's required by law. You know law. my favorite thing about Eric Adams? It's, I mean, many things um, in all of their awfulness, but uh, it's, it's the idea of him explaining why he's out at clubs at 2 a.m., my nightlife is a multi-billion dollar industry. People are afraid to go back out to restaurants. Now they see their mayor going out saying, come back out to our city. The city needs to see their mayor. I love it. And that was my reaction. Too. I love it. Like, he's done such, like, at this point, we can't win. So we just gotta, we just gotta ride the maverick and embrace the chaos he is bringing. Everyone that knows me, they know one thing. I hate rats. You know, when we started killing them in Borough Hall, you know, some of the same folks are criticizing us now called me a murderer because I was killing rats. Well, you know what? We're going to kill rats. Like, every day, he just says the most insane stuff. Mm -hmm. And we just got to take it. Like, no one's like, hey, we need to do a wellness check on the mayor. He's just like, <laughs> it's November. <laughs> and Movember <laughs> is something that people do when they don't shave. And... Because of that, we are going to release orphans into the subways <laughs> to grab the rats. Rats <laughs> off to you. And yes. you're just like, at the press conference, everyone's just like, yeah. Okay, that's uh, our mayor. 
He did have a press conference where he announced, introduced a rat czar. Yes. We, we had her under wrap and key. She was like in witness protection because we don't want one of you to crack the story and, you know, start doing background checks, seeing did she get any rat summonses on her block? And, you know, uh, has she has ever dated an exterminator? You know, we, we are just really happy today to say uh, that we have found our rat czar. And she is focused... <laughs> They had in front of him, like, on camera, like, all of these dead rats. How do you think I felt? So well, my previous experience so, okay, with so rats. Back, so now we're back at your job. So yes. what the f*** was this job? Okay, it was a King Bear, which is like a car mechanic shop. It's in the Bronx on Webster Avenue. It's the length of a full block. And so the week before I came on, the exterminator went and put bait. Uh, extermination bait all over. People had cars there to get repaired, painted, detailed. There had to be like 50 cars inside there. And this is already like a level in a Ninja Turtles video game, yes. by the way. Genesis or Super Nintendo? Genesis. Let's go. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah, good parents. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> and the cars are like dusty. Like some of the cars haven't been touched in months. So the guy puts the bait down, the poison. And so I come in the next week and they're like, hey, you got to find the dead rats. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, no, the rats ate the poison and just died all over the place. And I was like, all right, that's what? Maybe 10 rats. It was a lot of rats. What are the tools you're given to complete this mini game? I'm giving a shovel and a compound bucket. What's a compound bucket? It's like a, uh, like a three-liter bucket. One of those white buckets that people use for mopping and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to use your sense of smell to find the rats. Which is not something you want to do. Which has been tested already with the vapor rub and, and the mask. Again, more vapor rub. <laughs> Key to this story, New York is in a heat wave. Oh, my God. So it's, uh, it's got to be, I'm not even kidding. It had, like, it had to be like maybe 100 degrees for like the full week. So that is making the smell of the rats even stronger. Because they're dead and they're rotten. They don't just die on the floor. They climb up in the wheel well of a car. Oh, Jesus. They're yep. going places. And so like I have to be sniffing the floor. Like I'm like, I'm close. <laughs> So once the compound bucket is full, you don't throw out the rats. We're saving money. You take the rats and you dump them in the barrel of the motor oil from <laughs> oh, <no>. the oil changes. <laughs> and so you just dump the rats and they all go down and then they blubber back up. Oh, my and God. And then you go back at it. And I was like, how many buckets? I, feel? I was feeling like five buckets a day. <laughs> I was like, how many rats are in this place? I assume from there you're like, I need to work at the public library. Uh, no, no. I went to college. And- oh, okay. Then I started working in the library. Shout out to my mother because my mother worked in the library. So it kind of was like nepotism, but no one cares about nepotism in the library. <laughs> like, I, I got her stapler. I've been living in New York my entire life. Yes. A true New York elitist. And I'm like, I don't know what your libraries are like elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But in New York, Jesus, how do you describe the scene that is the, the New York Parli- Public Library? First of all, shout out to the New York Public Library. The library is very near and dear to my heart because the library is the only place in New York you can go to Spend time and you don't have to spend money, which means anyone can go there. It's so it's actually like, incredible as a civic institution. Yes, it's like the hub of a neighborhood. And people are just like, oh, library, you just go there to get books. No, people go there to print out boarding passes. You can borrow pots and pans from the library. It's literally a babysitter for children because people can't afford babysitters. Like for immigrants, yes. when you work there, the initials are NYPL. So other workers call it nipple. <laughs> but the library, it's like, 
And well, some people are there to go look at nipples, to yes. be clear. And it's also a place where people, because of the Constitution, are allowed to watch porn on the library and they know their rights. Absolutely. And you know how nasty you have to be to watch <laughs> porn at the library? Because the thing is, my like, favorite character maybe not, in all of New York is that guy because it's so fing. It's, it's a lot, man. Th this is the thing. They're watching it and they're not mastering it. They're literally doing this. They're like this, just watching it. The Library of Alexandria. That is the spank bank in his brain. Yes. Is full of stuff that he is just the 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 pupils, man. I remember we worked on a the library was trying to like ban not ban porn but restrict porn, and so they did a it was like a filtering software for URLs. You gotta try and stop this. There are kids over there no, who are being babysat really, by the city. Because you had like the perverts watching it, but then you got the kids super horny and like kids are stupid. They're like searching sex boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I was like, I'll show you how to look at the real hardcore stuff. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, throw a plus in between those nouns in that search term. Ooh, a man of knowledge. That's right. But um, so the library banned explicit terms, but then they had to unban it because breast cancer survivors couldn't go to any resources because breasts were banned. Mm. So the library solution was they put anti-glare filters. Oh my god! Which technically, if they work, only the person in front of you could see. You could still see what these people... People are just watching Sarah J's <laughs> cheeks get clapped. <laughs> out in the open. If you're watching porn, you don't care. You got the, you got the volume up. Yep. You got the smile on your face. <laughs> they sign up, they're like, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm just throwing away the pen they use. So that experience, um, in all of its complexity and contradiction, leads you where next? After that, oh. Like, oh, that was... International domain selling. Yes. Okay, so your expertise in computers and in understanding how people use them in the real world leads you to, there is an economy here. The whole domain game was wild. And there used to only be six subdomains. It was like .com, .net, .org, um, yep. .mil. I'm blanking on two because it's been so long. But because of that, there was scarcity. And everyone wanted a dot .com. Oh, it was like a gold rush. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, you don't want to like be a weirdo and have a dot .net. Okay, what, what year are we? This has to be like… Roughly. I want to say this is like maybe 08, 07, something like okay, that. Okay, okay. So every Sunday, a list of all the domain names that were expiring that week would drop. And it would be like maybe a spreadsheet of like 60,000 names. <laughs> and I would literally just sit there in my living room with a pot of coffee… And just go through, it'll be like the domain names, inbound links, how much traffic is getting. Um, and like kind of, you'd have to use those numbers to kind of figure out the value of the domain. Off of that, we'd have clients and I'd be given like a budget from a client. And they'd be like, hey, I want this domain. What kind of a domain name? What's a sample URL? Uh, makeup for black women. <laughs> no, we sold that for 40K. Respect. Listen, and I got a very nice commission <laughs> off of that. This is somehow... Um, already beyond what I had imagined. And we haven't even gotten to what... What was the strip club job? I did everything. Started from coat check, got worked my way all the way up to manager. You, you, you climbed the ladder. Climbed the ladder. You know what it is? I'm always prepared for the next step. And also, like, when I do something, I do it... I always try to do it the best way. I get the sense in all of your stories that you, you don't just have the... I had these complaints. It's the and here's here's how I adapted right to do the best job that I could every time. Like I remember at the strip club and like I had a general meeting 
with everybody, like all the workers, all the dancers, and you everything. You called the meeting? Yes, and I was just like, hey, listen, for all of us, this is just a job. But for tonight, this might be a person's only time they go out all night. I was like, every night we have to make this like Disney World. We have to make it magic. So when you go out there, you got to give it your all. You were giving f***ing motivational halftime speeches. I was. At this strip club. No, all the shout out to all my dancers. Like, all of them were just like, it, it, they weren't even dancers. Like, those were like my daughters. Like, I <laughs> I was just like protective. They would tell me their like life problems and stuff. And I, I'd make sure they'd get on time and like protect them from clients and stuff like that. And then also I got the job because the stick that, you know, the velvet rope is on, it was wobbly. And... One of the dancers was like, yeah, we need a new velvet rope because it looks terrible. And the guy was like, yeah, we need a new stick. And I was like, a stanchion. And they were like, what? I was like, it's called a stanchion. <laughs> and they was like, how do you know that? I was like, I just know that. And I worked was, at the New York Public Library. And they literally go, do you know Microsoft Excel? And I was like, yeah. And it was like, do you want to be manager? And I was like, sure. So <laughs> that's simple. What's the biggest misconception that people have about, let's say, a New York strip club in specific? In other cities, they can get butt booty naked. And show everything. Here in New York, it's not like that. And if you come, if you've ever been to a strip club in New York, the dancers are so far away. It's actually sad. You have to like ball the money up and throw it at them right. like you're Mariano Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> Enter Sandman comes on over the loudspeaker. So, okay, so you go from rising in the ranks mm-hmm. as a manager at this strip club. Yes. To where? Oh after, oh, after that, I became a small business reporter. Oh, that's right. For Black Enterprise Magazine. You got into journalism. Got into journalism. Why? Because I did the interview, and I actually interviewed to be a programmer there. And they were just like, yeah, we can't meet your salary demands. And they literally looked at my resume and was like, oh, you got an English degree? You want to be a reporter? And I was like... I don't really want to be a reporter, but Con Edison is on my ass, so <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> so wait a minute. So at what point? So this is where I should introduce the, the premise of of your brain being a special brain, <laughs> and I say that in the way of not only do you have a command of the English language, you're incredibly quick. You're as fast and as spontaneously funny as anybody I've ever met. And so when does that actually become? part of your goal. I'm going to use this thing that I can do that I've I've established interpersonally at all of these stops. Mm-hmm. The lot full of abandoned uh, cars and, and dead rats, the, the public library, the strip club, all of it. When do you realize, ah, this is actually my calling? Ever since I was a child, my parents were like, no, you've always just been like super funny and witty. And it never really struck me as something special and then one day, I think it was at Black Enterprise. I remember shout out to my man, Darren Sands, the Sand Man. He was like, you're funny. And I was like, okay. I was like, everyone's funny. And he's like, no, you're funny. And also, th- this is the wildest story. I always tell this to like uh, people I date. <laughs> it's an honor. When I was in seventh grade, my English teacher, shout out to Leslie Alshold in IS-180, no, in uh, Lehman High School. Mm. She's like, I need to talk to you. She takes me into the student lounge, the teacher's lounge, and she's like, your life is going to be difficult because you're going to be famous. Wow. And I was like, what That's you talk- a dangerous thing to tell a kid. Not just because um, you're putting the idea, the thought of like, hey, celebrity is in your future, but also like, if you're not. You failed. 
you, you're now haunted by right. this prophecy. Like, I didn't live up to it. But even that, like, I just thought that I didn't take that. Like, I was just like, okay, that, I left the office. I was like, that was weird. And I never thought about it ever again. Mm. Like, until, like, maybe one day. I think it was like, we had performed at the Apollo, sold out show. Yep. And I was coming off that. I was like, holy shit, Leslie also called this. <laughs> so, shout out to you, Leslie. I hope you're still alive. Absolutely. If you're out there, please write into Pablo Torre finds out. We have a voicemail line. But yeah, so Darren was like, you're, you're funny. And like, I was doing my tweets because I hated you, working That's in the where I encountered you, of yes. course, is on Twitter. Twitter, of course, all of the hellscape aspects are obvious to everybody now. But when it was good— It was great. I, reg I regard you as being one of the reasons why. Truly. Thank you. Like, I am a baby of Twitter. I was on there from like almost day one of Twitter. Yes. The way you used to use Twitter was like, it started as like kind of like a journal to yourself. But then you started tweeting to a general audience. And I remember there were days I was doing like 50 tweets a day. My day at the at Black Enterprise was literally like, I'd be there for a 9 a.m. meeting and I'd go to my desk and I'd go to LinkedIn, I'd go to Indeed, I'd go to Monster because I was trying to get the <laughs> f*** out of there. I hated that job. <laughs> and I'd just tweet about it every day because it was like, imagine like you know you have talents, but this is what you have to do to pay the bills and just the resentment you have and it's kind of like, you don't want to like show that to your coworkers, but you know in your heart of hearts. Yeah. But you don't know what the next thing is going to be. But the whole time I worked there, I was just like, I was like, nah, something else is coming. No, you have this. that look. You have that look that those masturbators at the library had. Just yeah. like staring at a screen. Yeah. Knowing that you're up to something. At what point? I mean, I guess we know sort of where the story goes from there mm -hmm. on some level. Because you and Miro hook up and you get to you become a duo that I loved as a podcast duo. Because they did Wife Swap. Mm -hmm. We've done house swap. We're gonna do pino, pino swap. swap. Where yeah. you switch your porn collection with another person at your job, <laughs> and afterwards you talk about it. And I want to yada 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 over some of this because I want to catch people up to today, because today you are doing something that I relate to. Um, but I also wonder if you found scary, which is like life as a soloist. It's it's different because people can't there's certain people who will never see you as a soloist they're always gonna be like where like you hear Jesus and most people are like waiting for the Amiro yes and it's kind of like you've disappointed them yes and I totally get it I totally get it um, we made a product they really enjoyed we're no longer making it yeah hit show on Viceland a hit show on Showtime hit podcast hit podcast number one New York Times bestseller yo and, and, and for real like the stuff that I would listen to and watch when I wanted to feel better about my day because you guys were always always funny always enjoying yourself it was fun to make and and so now right in the aftermath i want to i want to just get into like so what do you say on the street like how do you respond i mean it depends what, what moment you catch because sometimes the thing is like i don't walk around as jesus my name is daniel i'm a regular person when i'm if you see me in the street i'm doing regular stuff like the other day i was in the supermarket like Holy Jesus, you still shop? I'm like, dog, I'm not at the point I have like an assistant. Like I have to still go to superfood and get bread and cheese. <laughs> so, you know, like I don't have uh, scripted answers. Like I'm very earnest when you meet me. Like I'll, you know, sometimes I explain stuff to people, but you know, it's very much like, yo, thanks for rocking with it. Yeah, you know, yeah like, I'm moving. not going into like that. Right, 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 right. And to what extent, because I, again, like going from duo, going from duo to soloist, Inside of that is the challenge of now I almost need to reintroduce myself. Absolutely. And like I, after the show ended, I didn't do any press, no interviews. Right. 
Like I just laid low. This is like a rare appearance from Jesus, from, yeah. from from Daniel and Jesus. Yeah. Today. I'm like, cause it's, uh, right now, like I'm reintroducing myself. I just hosted a Daily Show. It's time for some financial news. The Daily Show is a serious show. I know some people expect me to come on here and do my thing where I just roast people but I, that I have beef with, but this is a serious show. This is a serious chair, serious desk, and now I'm gonna give you some important financial news. So important, I have to put on my spectacles. <laughs> I report on the serious financial news. Popular radio host DJ Envy now distancing himself from an alleged multi-million dollar fraud scheme. And, you know, like, now I'm starting to do more press. I have some more projects about to announce. What, what can we say about projects to announce? I can't say anything because in Hollywood, if you talk about projects before all the T's and P's are crossed, they're not going to happen. Yep. And also NDAs. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to be out here and promise something that I'm not sure. But we got stuff coming, all and I, you guys all, are going to enjoy all it. All I will say is that I'm incredibly excited for you. I'm excited, too, because I miss being in front of a camera. I've had a million jobs. Imagine finding a job you love. Exactly. Imagine finding the thing you're really good at. I love making TV. I love hosting. I love the people around me that host. I love the whole nature of a set. I love hair and makeup, the driver, the PAs, the interns, you're the writer's giving, room. You're giving halftime speeches to people again. Yes. You're and gathering it's like, them and... and Man, you're leading it. You want to lead a team again. Exactly. And this is like one thing I always said, especially on any show I've worked on, the people I work with are not staff. They're family. And the thing is like, I make sure there's like no ranking order. Like there's no one, hey, you can't talk to me because you're a PA or an intern. Like, oh, these are writers only. Or like, I'm talent. Don't look me in the eyes. Like we never have that. Like I always have an open door. Anyone can come talk to me. And even on the last show, I remember just like giving a very impassioned speech. Like, yo, I want to thank y'all for making this show. Like, every day we show up, we make an incredible show. And, you know, people see my name and the title and they think it's just me and Miro. And it's like the amount of people, it was 80 people. And 80 people made that show. And every no person doubt. did a part to make that incredible show. And it's just like, just being able to reach out to them and be like, yo, thank you for doing this means the world. And so I'm just, I can't wait for whatever's next. So what's the biggest difference for you? Because I've learned some about myself being a guy with my name in a title of a show right. um, in this weird psychedelic studio with you. What is the biggest difference that you've experienced as, as to your vision of who you are now going, going alone? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, definitely, uh, I want to say, end of season three of my former show, I started therapy. Mm. And I, that's really helped me not only like, to keep the show on the air for season four, but just navigate personal relationships. And like, you can actually, like even my assistant, I said to her, I was like, do you see a difference in me since I started therapy? She was like, absolutely. So what's the difference? What's pre-therapy? mess before. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I was, I was a mess. I was like, I didn't know how to handle stress. I was just like, I, I was just all over the place. And like now I'm much calmer, more focused. I, I'm definitely a better person. And also because of, like, stuff that happened, now I know, like, there's, you know, the running joke, Hollywood Jesus. Everyone's like, Hollywood Jesus, Hollywood right. Jesus. And the thing is, I am Hollywood Jesus. People in LA will say that, and they're like, because you know how to navigate Hollywood. You know how to talk to execs. Mm. You know where to go to meet people. Like, I remember being in a room with David Nevins. Head of Showtime. Head of Showtime, former head of Showtime. And other um, CEOs and execs. And one of them was just like, you feel comfortable here? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I see that. He was like, you're not, there's no trepidation. You're not afraid of anybody. You talk to these people as if you belong in these rooms. 
And I'm like, yes, I know how to navigate Hollywood. I know how to talk to execs. I know how to talk to networks. I know how to ride that fine line. And like, if you want to do content here, but the network is pushing off this, I know how to like get that wiggle room in there and like, you know, like really make these things happen. So that's what Hollywood Jesus means to me. It's kind of like the same way I did every job at the strip club. Yes. I want to do every job in Hollywood. I want to direct. I want to produce. I want to score movies. I want. I am trying to, like, the idea that Hollywood is a pool and I'm just going to put my toe in it and be like, oh, that's enough. That's wild. Like, no, I want, I'm going to jump in at, like, the pool in LeBain. Okay? Let's get it, baby. <laughs> what a reference. <laughs> that's a great reference, right? It is. That's a, such a New York reference. It is. I'm back. So, okay, so coming out of therapy, what I'm getting the sense of, of from Shout you. Dr. Scott, my guy. <laughs> my Guy. Well, it will explain. Okay, so your experience um, in therapy, uh, what do you want people to know about what the biggest benefit to you has been? Well, I was afraid to go to therapy for so long because I was just like, what if they find, what if they like find something even I'm not ready for? This is kind of, by the way, a, a, my feeling about like um, having a true like LSD psychedelic experience. Yeah. Which is like, I kind of like the way things are going now. As much as there are problems I want to address, yeah. what if there's something that happens to me that changes who I am? Exactly. So I was always nervous about that. And then just going to therapy, it was just like, it's therapy basically is like, uh, to put it in nerd ways, Please. let's go back to my programming days. Please. Therapy is you learn the programming language for the operating system that's you. You learn how to actually understand what's going on. Like you learn this emotion means this. Or if I'm feeling this, do that. Or if you're feeling stressed, here's a breathing exercise to help you get through it. And shout out to uh, my therapist. Like, that's my guy. That's my guy. Because when I first started, I was seeing him three times a week. Yo, but, but, but it's truly like when I, whenever I would, and again, it's true to the, how we started this, this episode. Like me talking to, to you about the joy of seeing you in the street. And just like, I've always regarded you as the guy who's having a fun time. Yeah, well, nah. For a long period, it was not that. It was like, you know what it is? The sad clown. Mm. That kind of thing. Like, you're laughing and everyone around you is laughing and on the inside, you're just like, shit, what the fuck is going on? Because, you know, like, stuff happens. Family stuff happens. I've lived, I mean, like, for, I've lost a lot of friends. Uh, one of my cousins died of actual COVID. She was a nurse. Mm. She died, uh, she died while she was having a baby. So, you know, Man. so deal with that kind of stuff and shout out to Dr. Scott again, like just learning how to navigate that and just, you know, being able to handle emotion and actually being actually happy. And yes. that's the important thing to actually wake up in the morning. And I used to wake up and be like, I remember it was like a 50 Cent song. Was, no, it, no, it was Shaheem the Rugged Child, real hip hop. <laughs> and the song was like, damn, I woke up again. And I was like, that's how my life used to be. It used to be like... We got to do this again. Mm. And now I wake up, it's like sunshine and roses, baby. Right. I'm, do I'm doing Peloton meditations. <laughs> I'm drinking water with like uh, flaxseed in it. Ah, yep. pro. Yep. Ionized. Maybe some yoga. Listen, we out here. Shout to Aditi from Peloton. <laughs> but it feel I feel you feeling more. Yes. I feel you allowing yourself to feel a spectrum of emotions that I also intuitively regard as, as being scary. It's scary, but it's also, it's, you have to respect how scary it is because it's so great. I just did The Daily Show. And the amount of love that I've gotten from people yeah. online 
Or like the other day, I'm in the supermarket and this lady comes up to me and she's like, I'm so proud of you. I don't know this lady from anywhere. And it like made me emotional. I was like, yo, there are people I don't even know rooting for me. And the thing is like, you have haters online and it's like, they they come and like, you can't give the haters more power than the people. Because like, the hater will have a statement on your IG comment, but then you look and you have like 14,000 likes. Who do you, the question of who we allow to affect how we feel about ourselves is something that, of course, everybody who does anything in public, and also anybody now, because we're all on the internet, we're all in public. Yeah. Everyone has a taste of this. No matter what you do, um, that is the thing that we all navigate. And and you having a context for, um, yeah, allowing yourself to be kinder to yourself. Absolutely. You have to do that. And it's like even just like little moments. Like I'm in LA, I'm on my balcony with my dog and my cat. And I'm looking at my cat, and I was like, holy shit. I found you in the Bronx in, like, 2007 under a car covered in motor oil. Now you're in L.A. on a balcony <laughs> in a fucking high-rise. Yep. And, like, my cat— This is my flex right here. Do you know the uh, Little Robot 4? What is that? It's an automated uh, box for your cat. Meet Litter Robot, the revolutionary pet care appliance that eliminates the chore of scooping. What a full f- circle— device for you specifically to own. I, I am being told in my ear by my unseen production army, shout out to all of them, some of whom have been your former members of your production army. Yes. $700 for those who are interested in purchasing this device. Yeah. Um, he has one in New York and one in LA. <laughs> <laughs> shout to Charlie, my guy, okay? <laughs> your father loves you. No, that's a big flex. That is a big flex. And there's an app for it. And oh like, my God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's some real catch. What is on this app? What is it? What, what can you do remotely? From the app, you can see how much waste is in it. You can do a, a remote cycle. When it's, I say a full circle moment, I just want to remind you what you were doing as your very first job and what you're doing now. You know what's the funniest moment? Literally, I was in Irwan in LA looking at the were. app, and I was like, okay, this is too much. I was like, this is too much. I was like, I'll fly too close to the sun. I got you. I might get a. I might get my stomach tattooed, uh, dude. <laughs> But this is why, this is why, I mean, now, now that I think about how I felt when I saw you on the street, there was a little bit of Eric Adams because I was like, you know what? I'm glad Jesus is back home because the city really does need to see their mayor. I really, I, people, I'm were, like, people need to know. I feel like the mayor of New York. You're here. Some part of you will always be here. Like, no joke. Like, people are like, yo, Jesus is back. Like, I walk into bar, they're like, you're back. I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Like, people in L.A. were just like, they're like, where are you from? I was like, New York. They was like, I never heard an accent like that. I was like, this is a Bronx accent. I say the G in sandwich. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are as comfortable talking to um, any number of, of, like, young celebrities as you are f***ing Rudy Giuliani. Listen, see, the thing about Giuliani, he's a scumbag, but he's a New York scumbag. So, you know, we could, listen, we'll talk about Arthur Avenue. We'll talk about hair dye. We'll talk about sexy cousins. (laughs) Talk about, God. Come on, Rudy. Come on, Rudy. (laughs) Family reunion, just a mixer. Um... Jesus, it is Daniel, I should say. No, I'll still go with Jesus. Okay, good. Also, if you see me in the street, don't call me Daniel. I don't know you. That makes me think like, it makes me feel like I'm back in court and I don't need that. (laughs) Actually, the other day I was by the Central Booking in Manhattan and I was walking by and I was like, holy shit. 
I've been in so many different parts of my life. There was a time where I was a juror there. There was a time oh, I was yeah. on trial there. And I was just walking by, like, happy. <laughs> when you walk by Central Booking or court and you don't have to go to court, it's the best feeling in the world. Because you're I, just like, hey, I'm chilling. I just love that that immediately just puts us in a certain timeline in which uh, this wasn't that long ago. I was uh, falsely arrested. And I, it was like, that was like right before I got on TV. And it was weird because like, I'm probably working on a movie about this because I thought I was arrested. Like, I remember being in a precinct and they was like, do you know what you're here for? And I was like, probably like disorderly conduct. And they was like, you're here for attempted murder on NYPD officer. And I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> And the funniest thing, the whole time I was like... Title screen, smash cut. Yes. But the whole time, literally in my head, I was like, nope, I'm the main character. I was like, does it end like this? I was like, I'm not going to jail. You see these eyebrows? (laughs) Bad. I was like... And I beat it. Shout out to the Bronx Defenders. Our public defender. We beat the charges. And that's why I talk to the galas now. Oh, my God. Yes. It's another job. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Felon. (laughs) Um... So what at the end here, Jesus, we, we talk about um, at the end of Pablo Torre Finds Out, um, what we found out today. And I'll tell you what I found out about you, which is that your life is the combination of, and, and I say this word um, knowing that it's like, it's a loaded word, but it, it feels like you have lived almost a destiny mm. of like, you needed to do all of this stuff to end up doing the thing that you were clearly meant to do. I agree with your teacher, right? Like, yeah. clearly, all of this was meant to be. All of the turmoil the sh- that made you want to cry, all of that stuff, the sad clown stuff, the scooping of, uh, of creme brulee poop, everything that happened was required to get you to sit here with me. Um, and, and I think that's, that's incredible. No, I thank you for saying that. I feel the same way. And it's, also, it's super touching that, like, me and you, our relationship, 10 years. And it's just like, I've met so many people who have come and gone out of my life. You make friends, and they're not really friends. And me and you, Yo, I really man. appreciate this. And like, the idea, like, if this was any other interview, I couldn't have been as, like, um, as emotional and intimate. And I thank you for giving me a safe space to do that. I'm super proud of you. Like, what you're doing, seeing you being a great father and everything. That's everything I aspire to be. I mean, like, I'm still running the streets. But, you know. (laughs) But, no, it's just beautiful to see and witness. And, like, shout out to you, man. And thank you for having me on here and letting me talk about this. And, no, it feels incredible. Like, I really enjoy my life. And just being able to, like, have people like you and talk to people like you about it and talk to the camera. Shout out to you viewers. I love you, you know. Yeah. That was incredible. That was my guy. Thank you, man. This has been Pablo Torre Finds Out, a Meadowlark Media production. And I'll talk to you next time. Yo, shout out to Pumps at Bushwick, which I've never been to, but shout out to Greg. 
Shout out to Greg. Shout out to my mother. Shout out to Eric the God. Yeah. Shout out to the uh, receptionist at Vice. Oh. Shout out to Bex. Shout out to CC Bill. Shout out to Master Splinter. Shout out to Charles. Shout out to 33 Taps in Silver Lake. Shout out to ICANN. Shout out to all my dancers. Shout out to Bookings. Yo, Jim, shout out to you, man. Shout out to all my WGA rap members. Shout out to the New York Public Library. Shout out to Aditi from Peloton. Shout out to the Bronx Defenders. Shout out to Peter, the governor. Shout out to Midnight's in Williamsburg. Shout out to Charlie, my guy. Shout out to my man, Darren Sands, the Sandman. Shout out to Leslie Alshold. Shout out to Dr. Scott, my guy. Or shout to you viewers, I love you, you know. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.